0: Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul.
1: Hello, fellow Soul Travelers. Welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Jennifer Mitchell. Today I am joined by Casey Aileen Knight, who is a spiritual teacher, soul embodiment guide,
2: and founder of Luminous Evolution. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thank you so much for having me. The instant I heard the name of the podcast, I was like, yes, this.
1: It is a fun name. The name of my podcast is actually inspired through my work because what I do is a quantum healing hypnosis, as we were talking about earlier. And I travel with my clients under hypnosis to all of their past lives and so hence the soul traveler.
2: I love that. And part of the work that I do is also taking people on what I call soul adventures and magic carpet rides through the cosmos, So,
1: I can't wait to dive in and learn all about your fascinating work. Can you start off, though, by telling us a little bit about your story and how you ended up doing this incredible work that you do today?
2: Sure. The, I guess the point that I would love to take people into was that when I was eight years old, I had this mystical experience. This is the first one that I can remember, but who knows what happened before that. (laughs) And I was actually engulfed in that classic white light. And it was this beautiful feeling of peace and love. And it was so multidimensional and very like multi-sensorial. It was, I could feel it. I was also having these visions. I was hearing the what I call the voice of creation speaking with me. And they had this message or really it was a prophecy for me that said I was going to be a spiritual teacher. When I heard that, At just eight years old, I already had enough of this human ego that was like, oh my gosh, no, what? And I was like, no, you got it all wrong. I'm just a kid. (laughs) This essence, this love, like love embodied in me when you're older and shared with me all these visions of speaking in a global context and helping people really feel that divine love that was something that I actually already had access to. But then I spent the next many years of my life forgetting about that and going like, what do I want to be when I grow up? I guess I want to be a teacher or a helper. Or maybe when I was 14, I was like, I want to have a holistic wellness academy or something like a wellness center. But I put myself as the administrator and the lifter up of the healers. And I never really centered myself in that vision or mission until quite a bit later. Wow, that is so incredible and
1: so amazing. I love hearing about being so young and having an experience like that. So at that age, you're pro- to your point, you're probably trying to wrap your head around like what exactly was happening. Did you come forward and tell your family that you had talked to source? Or what did you do? And was that information overwhelming
2: for you? What was that like? It was like it happened, and I was like, that was weird. And then I just like tucked it away and didn't tell anybody for a long time. Like it went deep into the – I don't really remember what you were doing when you were eight years old anyway. It wasn't until I was older and started doing a lot more meditation and spiritual work and having a lot more of those mystical experiences again that I was like, oh, right, that happened.
1: Yeah. And so when you finally did come forward much older and you told people that you talked with God – What was, did your family like react when you finally did tell them? What was that experience like?
2: I never really told my family specifically. They just knew as I was getting older that I was very interested in spirituality and mysticism. I did a lot of meditation and all kinds of different adventures. Mm -hmm. And so it was never really a deep topic of conversation, but I did have experiences that I was keeping very much to myself or with safe people, especially like in my 20s. We, I then just hit this period of time, I would say about in 2019, where I was feeling guided to share with the world. I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be more out there. And this memory of back then came through once more because I (laughs) I was having multiple mystical experiences speaking with angels and aliens and guides and dead people like for the whole couple decades before that. And I was infusing a lot of spirituality into my work. I was working with energy, became a Reiki master, a doula. I actually then also went into uh, facilitating ecstatic dance and helping people connect to these mystical essences through that. But in the summer solstice of 2019, I had this other experience where the same kind of like white light interrupted my day and came through and told me, hey, now's the time. You have to set aside all of the teaching and facilitating that you're doing in person and working with hula hoops and dance and children and start focusing on adults because they are going to be experiencing a spiritual evolution, this acceleration, and you need to be there to hold space for them. So that was in 2019. And by that point in time, I was like, okay, I know this is part of my journey. I know this is part of my mission. So I accepted it. I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I spent the next nine months figuring out how to bring my business online, which had always been a dream. I was like, okay, this is how I can reach more people. This is eventually where I'm headed. And I worked with business coaches. I was like, if I'm not teaching with hula hoops, what am I going to do? How am I going to share this information that I did have? And then COVID hit. And I was like, oh, nine months later, hey, oh, that's why I was told. That's why I was prepared for what was going to happen. Because as we all know, that was a very catalytic experience for people on the spiritual path and also woke a ton of other people up. But suddenly I was in this space and I had the space to hold other healers and helpers as they were stepping more fully onto their mission.
1: Yes. And there's a couple of points I'd like to go back and highlight and touch that you talked about. First and foremost being how you heard the call in 2019. So many people are receiving the call right now. And that could be coming through different for many people. A lot of people received the call during COVID to step forward and to step into the light myself. That's what happened to me was at the beginning of the pandemic. I knew that I was always supposed to do this type of work as well. I had like this inner knowing, like this feeling, but one day before work I was crying in the parking lot because I didn't want to go in. And I heard the voice so clearly say, it's time you need to step into your purpose. And I hear that story time and time again. And you know, during that time, it it's a global. We had like a global trauma. The pandemic was a global trauma, and trauma cracks us wide open for for spirituality, so that different we can allow the light to come in. And so it is no wonder that we are going through this spiritual evolution right now. So many people, and they're relying on people like us to help guide them and to be the way showers. And I just think that this is such an important time right now for us to come forward and to really stand in our truths. I did like to ask previously before about like being your family and because I feel like a lot of people have a fear of stepping forward and I think it helps us when we share our story and what we've gone through because there's a fear of judgment like you want to do this work but some people might feel like held back because they don't know how it's going to be received or how others are going to perceive that. As a spiritual mentor and coach, do you help guide people through that process?
2: Yes. It was, I think, my own experience that Mm -hmm. really did help me guide people through that. And we do work a lot with fear. But I would love to share that I did hold myself back, even though I knew for decades that I was supposed to do this work and be very visible about it. I held myself back not because of my parents, but because of my grandfather, who I Mm -hmm. loved and respected, named my daughter after him. He was an atheist, and he wasn't into energy, and he didn't understand, and I didn't want him to think I was so weird, right? He was in his 90s. I just didn't want to throw that into his field. And I remember shortly after he died, I was speaking with a coach and mentor of mine. And I was like, I feel like now I really have the space and I can do this. And while I was speaking with her, this bumblebee landed on my windowsill and just turned around and started transmitting this like information to me that it was him, and he was twerking his little b-boshing up and down, dancing, and it was the best grandpa joke I've ever heard, because my company at that time was called Dancing into Being.
1: Wow, that what? just gave me chills, Quincy.
2: So he was like, go do your thing, miss. Like, he was <laughs> just sharing his thing. support. He was like, it's time. I get it now. Mm. So a twerking bumblebee told me to step into that next level of visibility in the show.
1: Thank you for sharing that story. Because again, I feel like so many people are held back on their day second guess if they should step into the work. And so thank you for sharing that vulnerability. Now, you state that you met your daughter before she was born. So how did you do that? What was that experience like? Talk to me about that.
2: There were actually a few times. So the first time was just in a meditation a decade before I was born or before she was born. And I was like, oh, hey. And we just had this exchange that felt like it was beyond words. She's like, I'm a little person that you might bring forward because at that time I was wishy-washy. Do I want to have kids? Do I not? I also had an experience that was a little bit more vivid when I was at a... On a, what I call, quote unquote, vision quest, even though it wasn't a full indigenous vision quest, but about 14 years ago in Sedona, and I'm sitting and I'm meditating in this beautiful sacred vortex, and it was when I was facing the east and I was being guided, I suddenly saw this being that was my daughter holding her arms wide open, and the entire sun was like filling up her arms, and I saw just curly hair at the back, and it was this energy that she had of bringing and holding so much light. Later on that trip, I had very intuitive women going, hey, I don't mean to scare you, but you better be on birth control if you're not ready for a baby because there is a little being right in your field. So people were picking her up and picking her out. And I have a photo of that moment where looking back, there's this huge rainbow orb sitting over me and I'm feeling this as well. And I also oh, met her just- in the hypnosis as well. So going to the life in between lives. And that's when I saw her energy. And it looked so different than the light body of most people that I had seen many times is like that radiant star. She looked like this little crystal being, or at least that's how my imagination or energy interpreted her energy. And after I met her, I was like, because I was like, I don't know. Do you have to come through me? Because I was like, I can't. Oh, so a lot of work. She's like, no, you're my first choice. But if if you don't want to do it, I'll just go through someone else. And after meeting her, I was like, okay, well.
1: So you met her in The Place Between Lives. I'd love to talk about that space. It's such a fun space to explore. do a lot of exploration uh, with my clients there as well under deep hypnosis. And I know through my work that so many things can happen in that space. Guides can come through. The, we can connect with the elders, the watchers. I have clients where they'll be like waiting. And I'm like, well, what are we waiting for? And they're like, oh, the ship is coming to take me home. And then all of a sudden the ship comes down and they're going home to some planet. Let's talk about that space because like, you do guide up people through the between life
2: exploration. Is that correct? It comes through at times. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I don't even consider it to be that. We just work in the multidimensional realm and we connect people to different facets and aspects of themselves in meditations, activations, and adventures, and bring through keys and codes from that. So it's a little different than a hypnosis session, but similar energies.
1: Definitely. And I, love that you highlight that because hypnosis and meditation, they are very similar. Some people are so scared of hypnosis <laughs> uh, just because you know Hollywood has put this crazy spin, like you're going to become a zombie or stage hypnosis, you're gonna bark like a dog. and it's really nothing like that. It's such a serene and calming space to be in. And it's very natural, much to your point, like a meditation, like a, a guided meditation, very similar. And so when you're guiding people through this meditation, you mentioned that sometimes the activations can occur. That's been happening a lot as well in my sessions. What does an activation look like? How w- how does somebody know that they've been activated?
2: Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing to describe as like keys and codes that are inside of you, basically like dormant, mm-hmm. waiting for information or energy to spark it on or to spark it into being active and awake. And we are full of all of this, and I believe it really resides in our DNA, which has so much infinite potential. And then when we receive the right energy or information, it'll be like, oh yes, now is the time. And you'll feel it literally turn on inside of you with typically a rush of energy. And if you have your inner sight, sometimes if you're looking specifically at the master strand of DNA, you can see it as like little sparkles but typically people feel it more as an energy that is moving through them that then lifts them into a new frequency experience of their own energy and their own gifts.
1: Would you describe this the same as kundalini energy?
2: Kundalini energy can activate things, but I I don't think that's the only way that Mm -hmm. can be activated. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's very similar with my clients. I've had a lot of my clients will be in hypnosis and we scan the body. There's a point when in the session where we ask the subconscious mind to scan the body. And we look for upgrades, whether it's a DNA upgrade, increase in uh, vibration, or if they can activate any gifts. And so the higher self will then come forward. And if there's anything available to activate or upgrade, it will do so. So we've had a lot of that happening when my clients, their hands will just start like tingling and like the warm sensation in their hands or at the base of the neck or the crown area, just like a lot of sensation. Had a lot of clairs being activated and had clients call me sometimes weeks or days later saying, I don't know what happened in this session, <laughs> but I'm able to see things now that I wasn't able to see before. And so again, I just attribute it to the times that we're living. And so, so much light is coming through right now. And it's really fun to see all these people being activated and to be, you know, a spiritual leader during that as well. Hazel Travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis because one session forever changed my life. And now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from a higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, we will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within, we Revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetime. Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns and perform self-healing. They'll even connect directly to the Akashic Records so that you could get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third party practitioner and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. I also also have a question because you mentioned, I was looking at your Facebook page and you were talking about a future self and how people can see their future self. How do you guide somebody to see their future self? Is it also through a meditation as well?
2: Yes, And it's not something that I do right away with people so that they can actually get the most benefit from it. So typically, Mm -hmm. I work with people either in, like, group settings, masterminds, or in private sessions where we work our way up to meeting the future self, first clearing and cleaning away traumas and things, programs Mm -hmm. that might get in the way of really being open to receive. And when the timing is right, I love to bring people into – a meeting that's more than a meeting of minds. And it's not about getting the information about where you're headed and what to do in a very mental, logical way. That takes all the fun away from the game. So Spirit, High Self, my team, they wouldn't really want me to guide people through just an information gathering exercise. What we do is we'll bring in a meditation the different levels of future self that could be three months out or 10 years or anywhere in between in front of us. And then we allow the energy fields to actually merge so people can have the embodied experience of feeling what that future self feels like. And you can calibrate your own body to not knowing from the my level, but actually feeling their experience, confident, wisdom, whatever is coming through. And then we also get to collapse the time to grow into that embodied version of ourselves. And sometimes Mm. cool information comes through too.
1: Yeah. And one thing that you touched on, it's so true as well, is feeling. Because a lot of people, they think that they're supposed to see like very clearly. And not everybody sees. I'm more of a feeler. So, it's really important when we're in that space, whether it's through hypnosis or meditation, that we're invoking all of those senses touch, smell, sight, feel because what works for one person may not work for another person. I also think, too, that's where the logical mind can sometimes try to interfere, is because they think they have this preconceived notion i supposed to see everything I'm supposed to see everything and then they try too hard mm-hmm. then it ends up not working because they were trying too hard because the logical mind was working so hard to analyze stuff and so for anybody that's listening out there if you do this type of work whether with myself or with Casey it's really important to just relax and allow information to come through to you however it's supposed to come it may not
2: necessarily be through sight. Absolutely one of my favorite prompts for people is to imagine. Because everyone has an imagination, right? Whether you see it, feel it, dream it, visualize it, however you imagine, we give ourselves permission to let that be true. And I also call imagination both the gateway to and the interface with the multidimensional realms. Casey, you took
1: the words out of my mouth. I had that conversation yesterday with a client because I I said, if you could imagine. And then after the session, she's like, you maybe make it up. And I said, No. And they said, when we're free to imagine, we are not held back by the logical mind because imagination is free. It's the gateway. It's we're set free to explore and have fun with no rules. And they said when when that happens, you stop worrying and thinking. And so it's not that you made it up. It's just that we were able to free you so that you could step into that information that you're supposed to receive, and it's so that you wouldn't be constricted by the logical mind.
2: Absolutely. And there's also this feeling that comes through with the imagination that we're talking about versus the like, oh, I'm just telling a story about that. The telling a story from the imagination feels like it's from the mind. You can, once you get that clarity, you can feel the difference, right? Versus imagination as that interface with these energies. There's this sensation to it in your body that I'm sure you're familiar with. It's a really yeah. different feeling.
1: It does. It, it absolutely does. Like a feeling for me of just freedom to create, to explore. Body feels different, more like a uh, hollow body, I would say, because we're not so... We're not so grounded necessarily because we are free to explore. So at least that's from my own experience, but I would say it feels like.
2: And that's the beauty of doing practices like hypnosis or the meditations and activations where we're actually allowing people to bypass just the mental realm and really come into that flow of energy that can stream through us where we're in alignment. And I'm sure you talk about this all the time too, but having this regulated nervous system where we're open to that flow of energy and being able to drop into the heart versus only being in the mind can also help us feel like we can trust the energies and the imagination that's coming through.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about trust a little because that's something that I encounter a lot is where people, they struggle with trust, struggle with trusting the information that comes through. They want to second guess it or doubt it. And when I come across that, it's hard for me to actually understand that because like how do we not trust ourselves? And I guess a lot of it for me comes down, I think, to society programming, that our own internal guidance system is off. And so what do you say to people who have troubles and uh, trusting themselves? What advice do you give them? And do you come across that often with your work?
2: All of the time. And it starts mm-hmm. so young. We are taught to place trust and authority outside of self. And through no fault of your own, it, it just happens. But I just want to speak to parents for a moment. I have a seven-year-old and it's so hard not to make myself the authority with her because she'll be like, like I'm hungry or I'm not hungry. No, you have to be hungry. You need to eat blah. And I'll be like, no, I know better than you. And It's those little things and the big things from parenting to school and governments and jobs that make people start to question their own experience of reality because other people aren't experiencing the same thing. So there are all of these little pieces to it and sometimes it takes healing traumas from that of not being believed. Sometimes it takes rewiring the brain and the neural pathways to start to trust self and look inward. But the other piece that's so important for people is to actually heal the nervous system and the body enough from trauma that people can actually land back in their bodies. When people don't feel safe, they can throw up these energetic shields as well so that if any information from spirit is coming in, if it gets in, it actually might be distorted because that lensing, The shields are going, I don't know if this is safe. I don't know if I can trust anything because I don't trust anything because I don't feel safe. And it's this cycle. And you actually shouldn't trust your intuition or your mental experience of the world when you're in that activated state, when the shields are up, because it is probably not the full truth. So it's only in that open and relaxed state where we don't have our shields up that we can even access our heart or our body or our mind fully. And some people are actually completely disembodied and they yeah. left their body. So they can't even feel what that feels like to have that energy and information of truth. There's all of these different levels and layers to the healing so that we could trust ourselves. How would somebody know
1: if they're struggling with that fear?
2: Oh, my goodness. The first things is really to notice are you in your body, right? Mm-hmm. And you. Can you feel sensations in your body or is it just all so tight and clenched up? And then there's the other pieces of like, do you feel safe right now? No. Okay, so why don't you feel safe, right? And we can look at the pieces and really give person permission to come into the presence and be like, what is right now? In the present moment now, there is safety and security when we're doing these missions. We're not being attacked by tiger. There's no looming deadlines. Like, can we come into the present moment and experience the safety of this moment now and let people practice and try that on in a safe place with someone guiding them, with someone holding space? And then they can start to play with that discernment. If it doesn't feel like that, when you're trying to listen to your intuition, if you don't feel that safety, that calmness then it might not be true. Yeah.
1: And the reason I ask that is because, you know, sometimes these programs can even be running subconsciously and it's really hard to identify them. I actually struggled with that even recently myself. I mean, uh, went for a session of my own and I was really surprised to find that um, programs had been re-triggered, that I'd already done the work on and were running in the background and it was all fear-based. I was just actually in shock. (laughs) But now I look back and I'm like, why was I in shock? I I know better. I know that just because we do the work one time, two times, it's an ongoing process. And so anybody who's listening out there, just know that sometimes things can happen in our day-to-day that might trigger and relaunch a program subconsciously that we're not even aware of. And so to Casey's point, do that internal check. Do you feel connected or do you feel safe? And if the answer is no, then... I would work on trying to start meditating and finding the root cause of exactly what's triggering not for you. Mm -hmm.
2: Absolutely. Because those neural pathways, those old programs don't ever go away. But the cool thing is with practice, and I love using a technique called belief repatterning that actually helps hack your subconscious mind to create deeper neural pathways with something that we would prefer. We can deepen the grooves It's almost like I talk about it like when there's snow on a street and you drive Mm -hmm. down it and there's ruts created or something like that. And so those old programs have deep ruts. So it's really easy to go down that old pathway. But if we consciously or hack the subconscious to create the new pathway with the new ruts at first, it takes this conscious effort and trying to like Move your car over to the new ruts are gonna it's gonna feel a little slippery. It's not gonna feel as easy. But if we keep getting the brain to travel down that new path, those ruts will get deeper and deeper. And the older ones are going to get filled in a bit. So practice and coming up with new situations where we get to try on the new beliefs and new identities really help. But there are ways yeah. to hack the subconscious mm-hmm. link the past and the future and and get your subconscious mind to create all of that for you.
1: That's so true. And I really love that analogy of the snow tracks. That's a really good way of thinking about it too. I'd love to shift gears a little bit and talk about your coaching because you do work with people who are spiritual mentors or who are in this space doing this type of work. How do you coach people? And what are some of the blocks that you frequently come across that you see clients struggling with?
2: Mm -hmm. I really do work specifically with the people that are here to help, and there's so many different coaches, healers, facilitators, practitioners, mentors, and teachers. But for everyone that's coming to me, they're, they often feel like they're ready for the next level, but they don't know how to get there, and they don't know how to hold it. So a lot of the coaching is a blend of energy work, activations, clearings, and then how do we create the new mental pathways, right? The new subconscious and conscious belief systems, frequency shifts and identity shifts through aligned action and implementation. So there's this whole process of clearing out the old and activating the new, and for almost everyone, it's a question of expanding our capacity to hold more energetically. And what it really boils down to it is to actually hold more of ourselves and our soul energy. So the soul embodiment process of making more room for our soul to come and land and inhabit our body and live from that place.
1: I just love all of that. And I love working with people too who are on a similar path. We all have a life mission and most of us are here to help others. And we do have those blocks and those things. And so thank you for the work that you do. It, It is really important to be that guide. And so thank you for that. And Casey, so if somebody wants to work with you through so your program, do you offer one-on-one coaching? Is it a group setting? Do you offer combinations of goals? What does that look like?
2: I do offer private mentorship for people, and mm-hmm. we have so much fun in there because it's very intimate and guided by your highest self. I have a lot of other ways to work with me, but the one that I'm most excited about is that I have reached, after 20 years of experience with events and facilitation and all of the magic that I've accumulated, I now like to train other healers and helpers to move from doing single sessions that are just like single one-offs into taking people on transformational journeys. Because I think that like either events, workshops, retreats, or higher ticket coaching where we're really going on a longer term journey allows people to have a deeper embodiment of whatever it is that we're activating. I just love helping people take other people to the next level.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a space where, where we need guidance. Somebody myself, I do a lot of the one client sessions and I am transitioning into more of a group type of work at the end of the year. So I'm excited about that. And yeah, it's definitely, I know that there's a lot of people that are in that space too because we want to help as many people as we can, right? Where can listeners find you online if they want to work with you or follow you?
2: Where do you hang out online? I think the most fun place to come and play would be inside my Facebook group, which is called Luminous Evolution. That is where I spend the most of my time. Or, of course, you can follow me on Facebook. I do play on YouTube and TikTok. And Instagram would be a place where I'm trying to hang out, but I'm not there as often as I am in the other places and spaces. I hear you about the (laughs) Instagrams.
1: I like to play on TikTok. I think that's my favorite platform is probably TikTok. Is there any final words that you would like to leave listeners with today?
2: Yeah. With the state of the world and with everything happening, all of the upgrades and awakenings that are going on, all of our evolution, I want you to know, first off, you're doing an amazing job just by being alive right now, right here. And the more that you are actually able to pour into yourself and support yourself, the more you will be able to share your light with other people. It's not selfish. It is absolutely essential. And it is the only way that you'll be able to scale things. Like you're going um, right now into this next level of impact. You need to pour into yourself and do the self-care at an even greater and deeper level so you can hold more people without burning out. Divine reciprocity is our birthright and we need to be open to receive the infinite abundance so that we can share it out to the world.
1: Thank you for sharing your wisdom and such beautiful advice. I absolutely loved chatting with you and getting to know you real time. And I know our listeners are going to find such great value. Casey, welcome back to come on the show anytime. I'd love to have you. (laughs) Thank you for coming on today.
2: Thank you so much. This has been absolutely delightful and I just love... That you are sharing this magic about how there's so much more to our experience than what meets the eye and just the fact that you take people on these adventures oh, and you talk about it publicly thank you for sharing your voice because it's just so important that people know that they're not crazy and this stuff this magic it's real
1: very true society likes to make us think that we're crazy and <laughs> this i can guess everything but it's because of people like us that maybe can be the way showers and you know teach people like no we're not crazy this is real this is definitely happening (laughs) follow us (laughs) exactly all right thanks for coming on casey
0: this podcast is brought to you by the soul experience quantum healing hypnosis are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path in a single session you experience past life regression exploration between lifetimes self-healing performed by your subconscious release of trapped trauma and answers to your most important life questions your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at thesoulexperiences.com.